Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, I want to go over my story. Um, I've, I've done this before. I've talked about myself quite a bit on this podcast um, because I get questions asked about me all the time. So I haven't done this in a really long time because, well, I feel like you guys already know, right? But the reality is, is over the last year, um, we've had tens of thousands of more people uh, reaching the podcast, which is insane to think about. I'm super grateful, super humbled by that. Uh, But there's a lot of people who don't know my story. In fact, there's a lot of people who listen to my podcast who then will have me on their podcast, they'll interview me, and they still want to hear my story because they don't know. Um, So today I kind of want to dive into my story and hope that it provides some ambition, some motivation, maybe some clarity, maybe some advice or tips for you to take the next step forward. Um, I just hope that you get something out of this, right? And I don't know how long this this podcast is going to be, so we'll see where the rants take us. But how I got started in all this. And let me actually, you know what, let me go back to to high school. This is actually really funny because I just was at my father's house uh, this last weekend. Me, my wife, my daughter um, went over there. He just had hip surgery, so we're just visiting him stuff. And he's kind of moving around and everything now. And he was like, yeah, I got to show you something. I I pulled up all your report cards (laughs) from high school and junior high. And of course, I'm like, ah, fuck. All right, dad, let's let's see it. And, And so me and Shannon are looking and part of me was sad, <laughs> part of me was embarrassed, and part of me thought it was hilarious because it showed me, not that high school doesn't matter, doesn't mean that school doesn't matter, but it showed me how little it actually matters to determine your success. Um, because as you can probably imagine, my grades were horrible, and the notes from teachers were not nice about me. Um, but it doesn't mean great things aren't possible for you even though a lot of people told me that. So I'm looking through these grades, right? And every single year, I probably had one F. Um, Sometimes it'd be a D. So it was either F or a D. I usually always had at least one D. Sometimes I was an F. Uh, I had a lot of Cs. And then if if I was good, I had like a B, right? And, uh, And it was bad. And then the notes were hilarious. The notes from all the teachers were distracts others in class, extremely distracted in class, talks too much in class, skips class, like just like the list goes on, like needs to apply himself, <laughs> like the classic teacher, teacher thing. Uh, but not good things. Not, there, was, there was only one teacher who actually liked me, which is funny because he actually reached out to me recently uh, to check in with me in, in chat. And I helped him set up some programming for his, uh, for the, for the high school football kids. Um, shout out to Mr. Nevin, but, uh, he was the only one that left a good note. He said, uh, pleasure to have in class and me and me and Nevin got along really well. So, um, I didn't have many teachers on my side, but what struck me as hilarious, you know, like if I look back in high school, it's, it was really just a big, 
just a, a big period of fucking around, for lack of better terms. Um, you know, I, I, I skateboarded a lot and I partied a lot. And those are the only two things I cared about. I didn't care about school. I didn't care about what job I would have in the future. Um, I, you know, I got injured twice in soccer and I knew that took away my chances of being good enough to get a scholarship uh, for soccer and my grades weren't going to do it for me. So I kind of just, just gave up, you know, like I, 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 I wasn't depressed or anything like that. Cause I was, I, you know, I had a lot of friends and I was having a blast in high school, but you know, there was a rude awakening for me after high school because I had a blast in high school, partying, hanging out with friends, skateboarding, doing whatever the hell I want. And then high school ended and about half of my friends went and played college basketball, uh, at different colleges around the state or out of state. Uh, the other half went to community college and or did nothing. And I was kind of in this place of like, man, I know there's something more out there for me, but I'm not doing it. I'm not tapping into that, that version of myself and I don't know what to do. So I started going to community college, started going to community college for business. And the only reason I was doing that is because again, I had zero idea of what the hell I was going to do with my life. And the, the thing that you do as a man, when you don't know what to do is you follow your father's footsteps. So my dad was in the oil industry. He's an oil salesman. He's very successful at it. And I thought, you know what? I'm a great talker. He said, I'm a great talker. He's going to pay for me to go to business college at Highland Community College. Let's do it. Okay. What else do I got, got to lose? You know, deep down inside, I hated the idea of it because I'm not passionate about oil. I don't care about oil. Um, I like cars, but I'm not even passionate about cars, right? In fact, I wasn't even passionate about anything. There wasn't anything specific that I could say, like, you know, this this was my passion. Maybe skateboarding, you know, but at the end of the day, like, you know, 0.5% of kids who skateboard go pro. Like, maybe not even that, 0.1 probably. I mean, if we look at how many pros are in the world, but I had nothing, you know, so... Here I am going to community college and I'm in business class and I remember being in business 101 and the teacher was going over business 101 stuff, right? Business development. And, uh, and I raised my hand and asked a question. I said, Hey, like how many, how many businesses have you owned? And he was like, excuse me. And I'm like, how many businesses have you owned before you decided to become a teacher to teach people how to start businesses, you know? And I, and I wasn't being a smart ass <laughs> as much as like my, my school history would make people believe uh, I was literally just dead serious question because I was curious, you know, like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to, I'm going to really like try to figure something out. Um, and going to school to start a business when you have no idea what that business is, is very confusing. <laughs> There's not much clarity, but his answer forced me to leave class. So his answer was, I haven't owned a business. And so I stood there and I thought you're in here teaching about how to start a business, yet you've never experienced starting a business, right? It's like a, a genetically gifted person who is shredded to the gills, trying to give fat loss advice and having zero empathy for it, right? It's, it's not that they can't do it. It's not that they don't have the science. And sometimes they do have the empathy because if they had insecurities in the reverse fashion and they have enough emotional intelligence to understand that insecurities are insecurities. It doesn't matter if you're insecure because you're overweight, because you're broke, because you don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or because of your history or you were like made fun of. It doesn't matter. Insecurities are insecurities. Doubt is doubt. Fear is fear. Scarcity is scarcity, right? Self-hate is self-hate. But this man didn't have any experience, and that's the main point. He didn't have any insecurity. He went to school, graduated, and got a job as a teacher. And 
it, it really irked me wrong. And, you know, at the time, I, I remember, too, I, I started community college when I was 17 because I graduated early. Or, I'm sorry, I was 18 because I, I graduated, turned 17, and then I immediately went to – so I was barely 18. But nonetheless, I was ignorant, and I stormed out of class. I was like, man, screw this. I was like, this, this, is, this is ridiculous. So I left. And as I'm walking back to my car, I see this class, right? And this class is called Functional Movement. And I remember probably just a few weeks prior to this, I was in the gym and I had still had a knee brace on because I just had gone through my second knee injury at the time. And I was like, fine, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start trying to do something about this. Like uh, I'm going to, I'm going to change my body, right? I'm going to, I'm going to fix this knee. So I'm in the gym and I'm doing leg extensions with a knee brace. And this teacher comes up to me, um, older dude. uh, In fact, I'm going to get him on the podcast soon said, Hey, I think I have a better way of doing that. I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, there's, there's better ways. There's more functional ways of helping you fix your knee. I don't know what happened, but I'd be happy to help. And I kind of just brushed off my shoulders. I'm like, first of all, who the hell are you? <laughs> Second of all, I don't know, like, what does functional even mean? <laughs> I was, you know, this is like my first day in the gym. I know, I've never had a gym membership before this. I was just in the school gym working out. And because uh, it was across the street and it was free. And he said, all right, well, if you change your mind, I, I run the, the PT program at the school. Uh, you can always pop into my class. I'm in building 201 or whatever it was. Like, all right, cool, whatever, man. Worked out, whatever. Weeks went by, and I remember going home one of those days and taking a shower and then walking in front of the mirror. And as weird as it sounds, just looking at myself butt-ass naked, realized how unhappy I was and how insecure I was about my body and how much I hated what I saw. And it's actually hard to even say because it's kind of painful, um, which is what gives me the empathy for individuals trying to lose weight. Like, I know what it feels like. It's, it's not a good feeling. Not only is it not a good feeling to not want to take your shirt off at the lake, not want to take your shirt off in front of a significant other, um, it, to, to avoid the scale, to avoid pictures, to avoid the mirror, to avoid walking by the mirror without a shirt. Like, because you don't even want to see it, right? And that's ignoring the culprit. That's ignoring the problem. That's ignoring your pain. And if you ignore your pain, you're never going to find a path to pleasure, so I finally, for the first time in my life, just stared at my body and was like, man, and I didn't pick it apart in a malicious way, but I assessed, right? I was like, let me think logically about this. I'm 18. Um, I'm, I'm not very energetic. Uh, I can't do a pull-up. I don't even want to try to do a few push-ups. Um, I've never lifted weights in my life, right? I, I used to skip weights class. Um, and then the, uh, the, the next year I did team sports instead. And then the next year I had a knee surgery. So I stayed in the, the PT room while everybody else did weights. Like I literally did everything I could to not be in the gym. I hated the gym. Uh, I was intimidated by it. I, I wasn't confident with it. And I just had no education. I had no idea what to do. But I sat there and thought like, I'm not strong. I'm not athletic. I'm overweight. I'm embarrassed to take my shirt off. I skipped like outings at the lake or I wear a shirt and just chill on the beach. Like I'm doing all these things. I'm 18 years old. I lack energy. I'm partying too much. What what am I doing? Like I skateboard for five minutes and I'm sweating bullets. What am I doing? And it was the first time I assessed it logically and just thought like, you know what? Like put my emotions aside, put my feelings aside. This is not my greatest self. This is not what I'm here to do. Right. And I remember a, a old uh, quote that stuck with me in high school and it always kind of like triggered me. And it's from Socrates and, it, and it's along the lines of and, and I'm going to butcher this. So all my stoics out there, you're going <laughs> to you're going to 
you're going to rip me apart, but it's something along the lines of no man has the right to be inferior physically. So basically, no man has the right to go through life without being physically fit and healthy, period. It's, it's, the, it's one priceless thing in life that, that we can, we can it, it's, it's hard to get back once you let go of it too much. So you have to try to get it back before it's too late, right? And you can't go through life not having a, a body and a physical health that is vibrant, that is energetic, that is at a high level, you will not be happy. So long story short, I look at myself and I say, I'm like, man, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to change. I'm going to change. So at the time, you know, being 18, I'm drinking Mountain Dew every day. Um, I'm eating fucking whole milk and Fruit Loops for soup for breakfast or whatever's in the pantry. You know, I, I, there was no diet plan. There was no trying to eat healthy. It was just like, what snacks are here? I'm going to eat it. And then whatever mom's cooking for dinner. Like that was, that was basically it. And I changed that. I, I, you know, I went, I actually went upstairs and threw away some stuff. I, I had my mom switch Mountain Dew to diet Mountain Dew. I had my mom switch Fruit Loops to Special K from whole milk to 2%. Like just little things that I knew. Like I, I don't know what calories are at this point. I don't know what macros are at this point. All I know is that this box of cereal says it's healthy. And this one has like a little kid in a, in a fruity parrot on it or a toucan. I'm going to make the assumption that the one that says it's healthy is a little bit more healthy. And granted, it's not to say that foods are healthier, quote unquote, because they say they have this marketing on the box because sometimes it's all bullshit. But most of the times when we look at those things, they are lower calorie, right? And that's really what led to weight loss for me. So I make these changes and then I start working out at the gym at the community college, right? And I'm, I'm literally just a couple weeks in, so I haven't really lost any weight yet, um, but I, I was determined. I, I looked at myself in the mirror, I made a, a brutal assessment of myself, and I decided that one day I was going to step on a physique phase, stage. That was my plan. I actually went and bought like a stack of flex magazines and shit so I could start looking at their workouts and looking at what these huge jacked ripped dudes do, even though I, I didn't realize that to get like them, I had to take steroids. But point being is I was consuming this content. I was so excited. And I made this radical shift. Um, and, and just to like kind of highlight something on that note, I think the biggest takeaway there is not that I went cold turkey on some of the bad foods. It's not that I made a complete 360. It's not that I stopped hanging out with certain friends to change my life. I did a lot of dra- dra- like dramatic and drastic changes, which isn't always what I recommend. You know, usually you should slowly make habits. Um, but for me, I needed to make a radical change and I had to do it for myself. So I think the takeaway is, number one, you have to audit yourself unemotionally because sometimes if you, if you let yourself get by without doing so, you're never going to grow because you're going to be ignoring the pain that you are sitting in. And if you ignore the pain that you are sitting in, you'll never be able to stand up and get out of that pain and seek pleasure. So for me, it took a long time, but finally looking in the mirror, taking my emotions aside and being real with myself was what allowed me to get out of my pit, period. So I did that, right? And I started making these dramatic changes. And that's the second takeaway. Sometimes you need a radical shift to get your shit together. Sometimes those little habits are good because you need to slowly work up to it, right? But other times you need to make some big changes because if you don't make some big changes, you're not going to have enough momentum to keep those changes going and growing and getting better and better and serving yourself, period. So sometimes it is good to be dramatic. It is good to be drastic. It's good to make these big shifts. But 
I'm in the school gym, right? I'm starting to lose weight. I'm, I'm uh, only a couple weeks in. I meet this guy. He tells me about this uh, thing he can help me do. And I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Ignorant 18-year-old. Like, dude, get the hell out of here. I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to get a sweat on. He leaves. I go home. Um, I come back to school, and I go to business class. And this is the day that the teacher, uh, and this is probably a couple weeks after I spoke with the other guy. I can't remember exactly because it was years ago. But I... Raised my hand, asked him how many businesses he's owned. The teacher said, I've never owned a business. I got up and just left in the middle of class because I was like, you know, this isn't worth it to me. Um, and, and it's not like, you know, they're going to suspend me or call my my parents. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's college. So I'm like, all right, dude, peace. But I'm walking back to my car, and on the way to my car is this building where the all the personal training and health classes are. And I look in the mirror, and I see this functional movement class going on. And he told me, you know, like, hey, if you ever want to stop by, just pop in. So I opened the door, and I stood in the back of the class and watched. And the first thing I saw was a projector screen, and there was a baby crawling, and there was a bunch of lines, almost like a diagram. And it was basically describing uh, motor control and movement patterns in a quadruped position. So essentially, if we look at a baby, a baby has a damn near perfect squat. They're, they're very mobile, very flexible. Um, they, they have good uh, motor coordination, actually, for, for the most part. It depends what we're talking about. Obviously, if you throw them a ball, they might not be able to catch it. But um, if we're talking about crawling, for example, they move their right arm and their left leg simultaneously. So there's this quadruped crawl pattern. Well, as we stand and walk on our two feet and grow up, we lose that ability to have that motor control and, and work uh, unilaterally simultaneously. So he's going over all this stuff. And it was a new side of training that I'd never seen before because at the time I was just looking at bodybuilding magazines. And this guy's talking about coordination, balance, motor control, motor units. What are these things? Different muscle fiber types. Like he's going in depth with all this stuff and then program design. Like, and, and it kind of hit me like, damn, this is where like you learn how to create a training program, not just a workout. Like, there's a difference. A training program is intelligent and methodical. There's a reason behind everything you do. A workout is just a workout. You're just getting it in. A lot of times just guessing as you go. Now, I stay through the whole class and I wait to talk to him. He's like, hey, I'm glad you came. And I asked him, I was like, can I switch? Can I, can I come to your class? And he was like, hey, you can do whatever you want, right? Like, I'm not in control of your degree. But if you want to join my classes, do so. We'll, we'll have a meeting and we'll set up your, your, your daily schedule, your curriculum. So uh, I go home and I talk to my, my parents and I say, all right, mainly my dad because he was the one paying for it. And I said, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to switch my degrees. You know, I've been doing this for this whole college thing for about three months. And I've realized that I don't want to do this business thing. I don't want to learn from these people. I don't want to go in the oil industry. I, I want to be a personal trainer. And at the time they didn't really buy it or want to, you know, my mom is, was my mom and just said, you know, like, honey, you can do whatever the hell you want. Like I'll, I'll support you no matter what, like a, like a good mom would. However, she wasn't the one taking care of my college. So I had to confront my dad and my dad said, no, my dad was like, there, that doesn't make sense. Like Cody, you've been working out in the gym a couple days a week for the last, what, two weeks, three weeks. And he didn't say this, but I'm still overweight at the time. <laughs> so like a chubby kid who has zero experience in the gym decides that he's going to change his degree um, and stop pay his dad is going to pay for something different now that he has no tracker record of being successful with. And so he said, no. And uh, luckily enough, um, going through school, 
Uh, I had to, uh, I got write-ups and slips multiple times for just fucking around in school. And you had to take the paper home. You had to get your parents to sign it, right? It was like a parent-teacher notice or some shit like that. And so, naturally, my, my dad's initials are VJM, minor CJM. So, I looked at his signature. It was a VJ McBroom. Um, I was like, cool. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to write CJ McBroom. And I'm just going to start having the same exact signature as him. So, when it came time to forge a signature, VJ McBroom became really easy. So, naturally, I went to school. I went to the office building. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm ready to switch my degrees. Uh, here's my dad's signature. Like, he's the, let's do it. So, I changed everything over. Um, to, to fitness, sat down with Tim Vagan, who was, uh, the teacher and we got to business and I completely changed my degree with just a few weeks in, into this. Right. But what I did from this point was I engulfed all of my being into one specific thing and that's training, right? Eventually it became training and nutrition. But the point being is if you're going to do something, you go all in. And this is the second biggest, the big takeaway of my story is I never had a plan B. By the time I told my dad, hey, like, just let you know, I've been going to school for fitness. I, I changed my degrees to forge signature. He was pissed, but he was like, whatever, prove me wrong, right? Which I did. And, you know, as I'm going through this process, he would encourage me, hey, remember, you have to have a plan B. What if this fitness thing doesn't work out? I was like, dad, it will work out. Don't worry about it. Well, what if it doesn't? Well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to think about that. Okay, and, and if you it does work out and you don't make much money because a lot of personal trainers don't, what are you going to do at that point? Hey, guys, I wanted to take a brief moment to mention something really cool before you jump back into the podcast. The thing I am talking about that is so damn cool is the tailored trainer. This is a personal trainer in your pocket. This is a one-stop shop to get access to all of my exclusive programming, whether you can train three days, four days, five days, or even six days a week. If you want an upper-lower split or a push-pull legs or a full body or a more athletic-based program or you want conditioning, we literally have everything you can imagine and a private group that allows you to get feedback and critiques on your exercise form when you post videos for me to check out. And I'm available every single day to answer your questions. This is the place to get my advice and my training done for you with app software access that delivers the program to you every single day. So if you want access to the Taylor Trainer for less than a cup of coffee a day, yes, that's less than $2 a day, you can click the link in the description now. Head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash tailored-trainer and you can sign up today. Without any further ado, let's get back to the podcast. How are you going to survive? How are you going to start a family? And I said, Dad, I'm not, I'm not going to create a plan B because if I create a plan B, then my plan A won't happen. And I still to this day believe that. There's never a plan B. There's never, well, if this doesn't work out, I will do this. Because if you do that, you are predetermining your success. Your outcome is predetermined by your level of doubt for yourself. So what you need to do is have a plan B, be 100% ready for it, confident in it, and go all in on it. That is your one thing. That is the only thing that you are going to be good at. That's the only thing that you're going to do. That's the only thing that's going to fulfill your success, your happiness, so on and so forth. Really, really, really important, right? So with that being said, 
I had this plan A, no plan B. I'm going in on it, and I just went all in. I started uh, interning with the teacher at his gym because outside of school, he owned a gym in the hospital, and he did rehab work with people. So I watched him help people after surgery. I watched him take somebody who was in a wheelchair and paralyzed from the waist down and get them to move again because he did a lot of neurological training with them, which is just nuts. I still to this day don't really understand it because it's so complex, but the dude is smart. And one day I actually Googled him, and I realized – this guy's the shit. And throughout school, he introduced me to some extremely influential figures. Uh, Charlie Weingroff, Dan John, Michael Boyle, um, Alan Cosgrove, Rachel Cosgrove, Martin Rooney, uh, Luca Hosovar, who later became my mentor. And, and uh, I interned for him and then worked for him for six and a half years as, as one of the head coaches at, at Vega Ground Fitness and Performance. So Tim Vegan introduced me to all these people. He was working with Olympic swimmers. He, uh, he worked with... Um, uh, some NFL guys in the past. He, he, I mean, he just had such a crazy track record that I would have no idea with because he was an older gentleman and he wasn't like a jacked monster by the looks of it. You know, he was clearly strong, but you wouldn't just pick him out and be like, oh, you train world-class athletes and help people go from paralyzed to walking functionally. You wouldn't expect that. But I learned so much from him because I went all in on this career. So to kind of fast track and fast forward, I spent... My two and a half years at community college, uh, going through all the personal training courses, uh, business for fitness, nutrition 101, nutrition 201, um, safety for training, uh, functional fitness, program design. Um, I mean, marketing, there was so many classes. It was all, it was literally all, besides like anatomy and biology and business math, it was all specific to fitness. And it's rated one of the top three fitness programs in the country because it does so much. Like kinesiology degrees are great, but there's, there's a, there's a huge gap between science and application in today's world. And the, the, the reality of training people successfully is that you live in application. Yes, you need to know science, but you live in application. And this program literally gave me the tools to be the most applicable trainer that I could have been. And then I went on to take a bunch of certifications to get more scientifically inclined after the fact. But I went through this period. And then at a certain point, I decided to intern for Luca Hosvar at Bigger Ground Fitness Informants. I went in, applied, got the job uh, as an intern. So I worked for free for three months. Um, during that time, I was still going to school and I was working at a Rite Aid closing on nights on Pacific Highway and Federal Way, which if you're from Washington, you know that it's not the best area, um, especially when you're closing at night. But I was busy as fuck. I was just working, interning, and learning. And my life revolved around getting better. It was just learn, 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 learn. And I spent those three months doing that. And then he hired me on as a boot camp instructor. And I changed my job at Rite Aid to being a trainer, uh, running boot camp classes, and working at a community center. Because now my hours changed. I couldn't go close Rite Aid because I had to run classes at night. So I quit that job. And I went and got an overnight job at the community center. So I would either work early, early mornings before school or on the weekends. Or I would work from 10 p.m. till 2 a.m., um, when they had like parties and stuff and we had to clean up after the parties. So three jobs, essentially school, community center, and then, uh, working as a trainer running boot camp classes. And these boot camps were, you know, like 10 people, then it got to 20, then it got to 30. And eventually I was, I was running classes that had 80 people in it. I think that was the biggest class I ever ran. We ran a class together as a unit, uh, myself and multiple trainers of over a hundred people, but functionally it just doesn't work well when there's just one coach and 120 people in a class especially in a, in a small gym, it was not a large gym, but I got really, really confident with my ability to teach 
exercise and to lead a group of people that were all some twice my age, some more, right? But I was a young leader and I was beginning to, to put myself in that position. During this time, I studied and studied and studied and I started taking on private clients. Eventually, over the course of those six years of working as a trainer in the gym six days a week, I went from doing large group classes to some semi-private and large group to some semi-private, which semi-private is basically just one-on-one and individually designing programs for people and taking care of their nutrition and doing all that stuff to going to small groups in semi-private and then eventually do just semi-private. And I was just working with private clients. Um, I had a bodybuilding show under my belt. I had 10 plus certifications under my belt by the time I finished. And I kind of went through this journey of, of just growth. And th- there was a certain point where, you know, I got six and a half years in and I had to re- recall and remember why I started this all and what my original plan was. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I have three big things I'm going to kind of touch on at the end of this podcast as like lessons and insights that I've taken away from my story. But I had to recall what I really wanted to do at the beginning. And when I was in college, I was writing for the school newspaper. Um, Sometimes they would publish it, sometimes I wouldn't, but I was turning in papers. I was writing for medium.com and I had my own blog, befitlivegreat.weebly.com. Really stupid name and I couldn't afford the full URL, so I had .weebly in it. Um, Weebly was the the website builder I used. But I'm, I'm at this point where... I love writing. I love talking about fitness and I'm watching guys get into the online space. I, I'm, I'm on bodybuilding.com forums and I'm seeing these contest prep coaches coach people online. Lane Norton, Alberto Nunez, Eric Helms, Ellen Aragon, all these people are, they're working with people online. They're helping people get results and, and they're writing these cool articles. Jason Frugia has this membership site. Nate Green is, is doing these transformation contests online through Precision Nutrition called Scrawny Brawny. I'm seeing all this happen and it's brand new and it seems so cool and I wanted to be able to do that. I wanted to be able to help people wherever I was at. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to be able to reach people outside of my own city. And when I interviewed for the internship, that's what I told him. Uh, I told Luca, I said, well, he asked me, what do you want to do eventually? And I told him, I was like, I want to I start a successful fitness website, and, and that's where the majority of my income is going to come from. And he was like, how are you going to make money on it? And I was like, uh, I don't really know how these guys make money, to be honest with you, <laughs> but um, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure that out. And he was like, all right, cool. Well, I'd suggest you you train people in person and get experience for the next five years first, and then I think you'll have all the credibility in the world to go do that. And I said, challenge accepted. I went in all in on it, and I decided to I decided to train with him. I started interning again, and then I actually ended up training six days a week, like I said, for six and a half years. So I took that five years and I added a year and a half. Um, partially because I just wasn't ready from a business perspective, right? But I got six and a half years of experience and I'm at this point where the gym has exploded. It's grown into this big gym. I've been one of the head coaches for a long time. I'm working with a ton of people. I have a ton of experience. I'm really, really happy. It's a fun job. And I'm I'm dating Shannon at the time. And we find out we're going to have a baby. And my, my you know, after the, the nerves settled and after we, like, talked and, you know, had our plan... I looked at her and I was like, I think I'm going to quit. And she's like, okay, wait, what? I just got pregnant. Um, I'm going to go on maternity leave. Remember, um, we have nine months. <laughs> what do you mean you're going to quit? And I was like, I, this is my only opportunity. When the baby's here, I, I will not have the courage to do it because she will be relying on me, he or she. I, at the time, I didn't know. And so she said, she was like, all right, I believe in you. 
Like, I think you can do it. So I, so I literally went to the gym. I had a meeting with uh, Luca and one of the head, head managers. And I said, hey, like, I'm out. Like, I, I got to quit. I got to start this online thing. I got to do my own business. I have to, I have to make this leap because if I don't now, I never will. And if I never will, I'll regret it for the rest of my life, which is a huge takeaway, right? Risk is easier to deal with than regret. Right. When you when you need to take a big risk, when you need to take a big move and it's it's uncomfortable, it's hard. It's very hard. But nothing is as painful as regret. Risk is nothing compared to regret. So I told him, hey, I'm going to give up all of my clients. Uh, tell me how much time of uh, you need from me to exit and to transfer all my clients to other people. So they feel good about, it. you know, so they're getting clients are getting assigned to the right people and I'm kind of helping that transition. And I spent three months transitioning every single one of my clients out while doing more and more online stuff. And then at that point I was, I was solely on my own and the content fest began and I just started grinding and grinding and grinding and I built it from the bottom. I built it from scratch and I built it up until where we are today. So that took me, you know, I left the gym in 2017, it's 2020. So this is literally just three years ago. Three years ago, I left the gym. Um, I had a small, small online business when I left, and I, I went on a mission to grow it. Within the first year, uh, I brought on an assistant, and Travis started working with me. Um, not full-time, just like doing some videos here and there. And then I ended up bringing on a coach. Shout out Courtney, amazing person. She ended up leaving because uh, she was a mom, and she was a busy mom, and she had to take that priority. Um, then we brought on Caroline. Courtney left. I brought on Lisa. Um, and then it kind of just snowballed and it kept growing and growing and growing. And now we have uh, eight coaches, including myself, because I still do coach to this day. Uh, we have a CSO, chief science officer, and, who runs education. We have an assistant uh, slash admin who does all the, she's like the mom of the group, Tori. And uh, and then we have Travis helping me with the media. He is the uh, CMO, chief media officer, you could say, chief content officer. Um, but it, it was it, it was a crazy three years, right? So like I guess I guess like I can kind of kind of bring it to bring it to a closed caption now at this point because you guys know the the evolution of it. Um, but the one thing that like really stuck through. So I have three things I'm going to talk to you about actually. Like the first one is ambition, right? And this entire time of of why I ignored what my teachers said, I ignored friends saying, "Dude, you." <laughs> You're so out of shape. How are you going to be a trainer? I ignored my dad not wanting me to do to to change my degree. I ignored every single person who threw any type of doubt at me because I had an ignorant self-belief in myself. And to me, ambition is a combination of ignorant self-belief and, a, and a obsessive curiosity of what your greatest potential is or what your greatest self looks like. So I, I grew up with this curiosity. I always had the curiosity. What is the ultimate version of myself? What is the best version of myself, even to this day? What is the best entrepreneur I can be? What is the best coach I can be? What is the best leader I can be? What is the best father I can be? What is the best dad I can be? What is the most fit athlete I can be? What is the most spiritually inclined person I can be for myself, right? Why not chase your greatest potential in every area of your life? Like, and if you have an ignorant self-belief, meaning a self-belief regardless of what people think is logical, what is logical, or what your past and your track record has proven to you, you will win. Because if you have that self-belief, you will continually take action. And if you continually take action, yes, you will fail, but you'll learn, you'll grow, you'll adapt, and you'll keep taking action. And eventually you will succeed. But it starts with that obsessive curiosity of your great self, and I had that. 
this whole time. It's what allowed me to leave my job and start this. It's what allowed me to step into the father role. It's what allowed me to build this team. The second thing is think three to five years ahead and reverse engineer. So a lot of times I set goals and a lot of times I set goals for three to five years. And a lot of times I hit those goals before three to five years. But but if I don't set the standard, I was actually talking to one of my coaches, Lisa, about this yesterday. Uh, I have a coaching call with almost everybody every week and uh, everybody on my team. And I was saying, if you set three to five year goals, you'll have more confidence in what you're setting, right? If you set a year goal, you're going to sell yourself short because it's only a year away and you're going to doubt yourself. But if you say three to five years, that's a pretty long time away. You're going to set some big targets. You're going to be a little bit more unrealistic, which a lot of times is actually very realistic for people. They just don't believe in themselves enough or they haven't had a good track record of actually taking action on what they need to do, right? But if you set this three to five year goal, your vision, your imagination, your creativity kind of expands and your vision gets bigger. And then you just reverse engineer that process and what you find is you can do things a lot lot faster. To be honest with you, I, I thought, you know, like in 10 years, in a decade, I want to have a facility, I want to have a big team, I want to do all this thing. For the next three years, I'm going to be a solo show and just like grind and build my name, all stuff. But when I had like, okay, here's where I'm going to be in 10 years and here's what I have to do, I just got to work. I started acting as if I, I needed to get there next year. I just started doing, 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 doing. And what happened is that snowball effect rolled bigger and bigger, faster and faster. And it led to a point where now I was there sooner. So my, my advice to you, and this is, again, what I always did, three to five years, right? Like think three to five years ahead, create an unbelievably vivid vision for yourself in any area, whether it's how fit will I be or what will my family be like? What will my morals be like? What, what kind of car will I drive and house will I live in? What, will, what position in my career will I be? Will I get a promotion? Will I start a business? Whatever it may be. If it is a business, if it is a career, if it is anything like that, what does your day-to-day look like? What are you doing? What are you making? How are you selling? What, what are you selling? Every little detail. Vision it out. Create a vivid picture and just reverse engineer that process and start getting to work today. You will get there well before three to five years, I promise. But it's because not many people set big three to five-year targets, create a very clear and vivid image of that. That's the biggest key here. Write it out, create it vividly so it's not just a fairy tale imagination in your head or like this random thought in the back of your mind. It is something so vivid that you can feel it, you can see it, you can understand it, you know what it's going to be, right? And then you reverse engineer that process. And then the last thing is be creative because it leads to inspiration. Um, I had a really good conversation with uh, uh, a good friend and mentor of mine, John Romanello, and he was saying like, he was basically asking me a bunch of questions to try to find the source of my inspiration. And this isn't going to be the same for everybody, but I do think there's a lot of people listening to this that this will, will hit home with or relate to. And he said, all right, well, what do you, what do you, what, what is your fondest memory of the business? Like, what do you, what do you, if you look back at your journey, what do you love about it? And I was like, man, I loved that, that early grind. I loved the, the startup. I loved creating. I loved bringing on people. Like, I love the idea of building something huge, like when it was so small. He's like, okay, cool. What do you love now? And I was like, I love developing my team. Like there's nothing I love more than coaching my coaches and, and making them the best versions of themselves and helping them create their life. Okay, cool. What do you like outside of work? And I'm like, well, um, I love tattoos. <laughs> I love music. Um, when I was growing up, I loved art. I used to draw and paint and stuff like that all the time. He's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And, and you skateboard and everything like that. All right. Um, what do you love about training? 
And I was like, man, I love creating a new program. I love that first week of a new program, first two weeks. This is why my mesocycles are only three weeks long, typically, uh, because I love the creation, the new, the novelty. And he's asking me these questions, and he was like, everything that you smile about, everything you get inspired by, right? If we look at my family, like, what is my favorite part of the family? It's, it's watching Blakely grow. It's doing new things with her. I mean, even to the smallest thing, I took her to, we saw the ice cream man yesterday. It was the first time she ever saw the ice cream man. And like, that was exciting because it's a new thing. And you see that expression on her face. Like, what is this man driving around in a three-wheel cart selling ice cream out the trunk? Sounds kind of creepy when you say it like that, but that's exciting for her, right? So he said, like, everything that inspires you is based on being creative, right? So the only way to stay motivated, to continually grow, to never get bored and to never stop taking action is to spark that creative flame. It's to constantly seek creativity because that fuels your inspiration and that fuels motivation. With inspiration comes action. And when you take action and get that momentum, you're always motivated because you have a reason, you have a purpose, you have an end goal, you have something you are striving for. So he said, what is one thing that you could add your life to spice up, get you more inspired, more creative, more motivated, um, maybe something that you've always wanted to do and you've never done before. Um, and I said, I was like, man, I've tried a couple times, but I get too busy and I say I don't have time and, and that's guitar. And he was like, all right, there it is. What song are you going to play me in 90 days? <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, okay. So we started talking um, and we made a deal, man. I literally, I, I got on my phone, ordered a, an acoustic guitar because I have an electric, but it's in storage right now because we're moving. Um, and we're staying in a temporary home until the house is done. And uh, and it's in storage. So I was like, all right, I'm going to buy an acoustic guitar. I'm going to buy some picks. I'm going to buy a tuner. Um, I'm going to buy this like online course so I can play for 20 minutes a day. And I will learn Oasis by the end, an Oasis song. Um, I'm not going to pick Wonderwall because that's like the most common song that everybody would think of. I'm going to pick Half the World Away because it's a really good acoustic song by them. And I love the band Oasis. And I was like, I'm going to learn that by the end of 90 days. And he was like, all right, cool. What song are you going to play Shannon in six months? And I was like, fuck, now you're getting deep, man. So I said, all right, I'm going to play Beautiful Crazy by Luke Combs because she loves that song. Like, I'm not a big country guy, but that's her song. So I have this list of songs that I'm going to learn over the next year, essentially now. But it fired me up so much and I'm actually going to literally after this podcast, go pick up my guitar because I had to order it and it got shipped to guitar center. So I'm going to go pick it up. But my point with this is it's creativity that's fueling my inspiration. And at a certain point in a business, you actually have to slow down your creativity, right? So there's going to be periods of time in your fitness career and in your business career, whoever you are listening to this, whether you're a client or a coach, um, in fitness, you know, like there's, there's a time where you're creative, you're creating new meal plans, you're, you're dialing in macros, you're tweaking your training, you're adding car, you're doing different things, but you're going to get into a groove and you need to stay there because there are a lot of times what, where success is built is when you find your sweet spot and you just coast and you stay there for a while making very, very small adjustments. If any, it can get boring right? In business, you are going to build systems. You are going to build SOPs. You are going to build a team. You are going to build a message. You're going to build morals, a method, a system, whatever it may be. And then you're going to have to coast. There's going to be a point in time where you're going to have to stop, slow down, not create any new shit and just ride the path. Because if you keep creating new things to throw into the mix, you are going to clutter the vision. You are going to confuse the system and it's going to screw things up. So the best thing to do is to not do any of that. And it's just a coast. It's like, okay, let's just chill. And if I'm being completely transparent with you guys, I'm in that phase. You know, there are certain things I can create. Like I got really excited about creating the mentorship. Um, and that's going to be a creative project for me for a while because we're going to keep tweaking and adding to it um, until uh, until it's it's 
in our opinion, perfected. And we're going to do that semester after semester. Um, and people are fired up in there. It's really fun. So that's, that's a creative outlet. But, but other than that, you know, we have extremely good methods for our coaching. We have developed methods over the last three years that are untouchable, in my opinion. Um, we have a quality of service and, a, and we can almost guarantee results. You can never guarantee results because if somebody doesn't do the work, they're not going to get results no matter how good the plan is. But I'm so unbelievably confident in our systems that there's going to be very, very minimal changes. If we're changing anything, it's a small detail to make it more easily readable, digestible, consumable by the customer, like very simple stuff like that. But for the most part, it's it's let's just keep doing what we do because we do it so well. Let's just do it for more people, right? But that doesn't fuel that creative fire for me. So this guitar thing is like perfect. It's like something I can do every day to, to not only be creative, but also to be still, be present and just, just calm down and just, just be in the moment, which is hard for somebody like me who has a chaotic brain and is like ADD and is an entrepreneur who just wants to go, go, go. But to boil that down is like, find your creative, creative outlet, right? Whether that's creating content, whether that's painting, whether that's drawing, whether it's something completely outside of your business, whether it's um, something within your fitness that you're changing up to make sure that you are constantly being creative and learning. But Creativity fuels learning. It fuels inspiration, and inspiration fuels motivation. Motivation fuels action, and action is the only way to lead to results in anything in your life. Um, so, I'm going to wrap this podcast up. I hope that you've enjoyed listening to my story. Um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my come up because I wasn't the best kid. Um, I was overweight. I, I got into a lot of trouble when I was growing up, um, and I turned all that around in the matter of a day. I just flipped a switch and I decided right then and there that I was going to become the best version of myself. And for a lot of people, that's a very radical shift. It's a hard thing to do. But what I want you to remember is that you can do it. If you sit there and ask yourself, why not? Like, is that really true that I can't? Like, why wouldn't I be able to? And you try to find a logical reasoning, you won't be able to find it because it's an emotional self-doubt that is that's causing your lack of action. Be logical and assess where you are at and assess what it would take to get where you want to be. Everybody who has what you want once did not have that and once doubted that they could do it, but they ignored that doubt. They took risk instead of regret and they just went for it. And that's what I did too. So I want you guys to all have ignorant self-belief and an obsessive curiosity of your greatest self so you, that ambition can get you to think big. And when you think big, you're going to set a three to five year goal. Remember, um, three to five years ahead of time. And then from there, you can reverse engineer that and start taking action on things today. And last but not least, add creativity into your life because if you do not have that, you will not have inspiration. Guys, I appreciate you for listening. I love you so much and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. I hope this motivated you. I hope this created some ambition. I hope this created some clarity. Um, if you have any questions for me, please shoot me a DM or a message. If you've listened to this whole podcast um, and you are a male business owner, I want to give a little call out to you. I am looking for one single individual to join a, a select group of men that I work with um, on all things life and business. So it is a mentorship of itself. Um, there's a maximum capacity for five people in this. Uh, there's four people in it right now, and I haven't done a single shout out for the fifth person uh, at all ever. This is the first time I'm doing it. I haven't done it on Instagram, my newsletter, nothing like that. So this is the first. Um, so if you have listened to this whole podcast and you listen to that and you want to um, invest in yourself, you want to grow, you want an experience that is a little bit different than any other coaching experience you've had and you're a male entrepreneur, shoot me a, a, an email, Cody at tailoredcoachingmethod.com. I'd love to talk to you, see if it's a good fit, jump on the phone. And if it is, you can join the group and we can get started. There'll be a few events every year. Uh, you're going to have multiple calls throughout the month, group calls, private calls, access. There's a lot of things going into this. So 
Um, if you have any questions about it, let me know. If, if you're curious about it or if you're interested or if you think it's a good fit, shoot me an email. I want to find you. Um, and once again, guys, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Talk to you next week. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.